<clears throat> so we're going to start with the mantra on the Noble Eightfold Path. Samadhiti Samasankapo Samavacha Samakamanto Samachivo Samavayamo Samasati Samasamadhi Samatiti Samasankapo Samavacha Samakamanto Samachivo Samvayamo Samasati Samasamadhi Samadhiti Samasankapo Samavacha Samakamanto Samachivo Samavayamo Samasati Samasamadhi So this morning I like to speak a bit about the right speech, which is the third factor. And as you can see on the photocopy, that you know there's three three sections. The first two factors, right uh, view or right understanding, and right thought or right intention, belong to the wisdom section of it. And now we're coming to the ethics section, which is comprised of right speech, samavacha, right action, samakamanto, and right livelihood, samachivo. And, uh, you know, those three um, factors in the ethics section, they, uh, you know, for example, the, the precept about right speech, if you translate it literally, it just says to abstain from lying. Whereas the the path factor as right speech is much broader than that, you know. It it it's more concerned with uh, you know turning our habitual patterns of speech around much more thoroughly, not just, you know, to refrain from lying, but also to um you know refrain from slander and gossip and tail-bearing and to pay attention to the emotional tone of the speech, to abstain from harsh and abusive speech, and also to abstain from useless and frivolous talk or vain talk, it's sometimes said, you know, like small, to, kind of small talk in social situations, which is completely kind of substanceless. Not because it's a bad thing, but it 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 become, can become habitual, you know, and then really, um, you know, doesn't do us a favor if we are 
cultivating something like that. So I'd like to go into this a little bit and and to understand, you know, that those uh, path factors, they are the ultimate purpose of them is 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 to support the mind, you know, to open towards the unconditioned, to kind of lean towards nibbana, lean towards the deathless. So it's not just like about ethics. They are in service of something much bigger. Even, you know, if we keep ethics, of course, it has a very beneficial influence on our daily lives and on everybody, you know, who is connected with us. So it is very important, but it goes even further than this. And, you know, speech is just like a very powerful thing we have, you know, as human beings. And we, not right now, because we're in noble silence, we don't speak much. Well, I and I speak a lot, and, and you speak very little, hopefully. Not sure. But it's, it's a very powerful thing, speech, because we usually do really speak a lot every day and with, in so many situations. And, and it's, it's not easy, you know, to uh, practice right speech, especially, you know, about the lying. Okay, maybe that we might be able to manage quite okay, but the other ones, they're not so easy, you know, isn't it? Because a lot of, as we, if we investigate and look, a lot of the speaking, what we are doing, if we are not lying, but at least we're speaking a lot about other people, usually, you know. Okay. <laughs> so, let me start with the first uh, with the first section, which is like truthfulness, you know, re- refraining from saying what is untrue. That sounds, you know, also really straightforward, but it is actually also not that simple if we really start to tune in because there's a tendency, you know, for slight exaggerations or omissions even, you know, to sometimes not say something is also, you know, to support what is untrue. And, you know, and that's much harder actually to, to recognize in our own way how we relate to speech. And so what's really kind of useful is to kind of investigate, you know, what's underneath, you know, why did we say something or why did we not say something? Was it fear, maybe jealousy, you know, those envy, those things, they can be, yes, can be quite revealing, you know, if we, if we look at that. And, uh, you know, with lying, for example, you know, what's maybe a one lie or so, you know, is, is we can think it's not really a big deal in terms of, you know, maybe not saying something correctly, but it could really have a very long-lasting impact on a relationship with somebody, you know. If, if it turned out, you know, that we have been lying once, you know, it, it might be like, you know, like very difficult to repair that that person is able or that we be able to trust again, you know, fully, how it was before that thing happened. So it's, it can have a very, you know, kind of severe consequences, actually. And I brought uh, 
there's a quote by Nietzsche, a German philosopher, and he said, I'm not upset that you lied to me, but I'm upset that from now on I can't believe you anymore. You know? And that would make a big difference in a life, isn't it? Yeah. But sometimes, you know, little lies that just seem to tumble out, you know, like it's kind of, you know, it just makes it all a bit more interesting, a bit more colorful, and and there's no kind of real tangible, you know, like negative thinking behind it, but we can get used to it, and then it gets always a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. So it's really important to to catch that, you know, and pay attention to that. And uh, it might be quite humbling, you know, to if you're listening to yourself, when you find out, you know, I'm doing that too. And and it's just like part of conditioning. And we just, you know, as soon as we know it, I, I think we can just start, you know, putting a, a break on that. You know, slowing down a little bit. And it's just like a bit of a withdrawal, maybe, you know, for some time to not say certain things, but we we can recondition ourselves if we understand actually the severity of it in the long run, you know, that it's really important and ultimately really freeing, you know, if we can start with those small things that make us more kind of careful and also, you know, getting used to what's really happening rather than what we would like it to be, you know and get used to that, and then that'd be fine. For example, you know, when you come out of the retreat, when you go back home, and people will ask, how was the retreat? So then, you know, you can do it. Because you don't have to make it more than what it is. It's anyway strange enough, you know. <laughs> it's anyway different enough. But we always, we have this underlying discontent, you know, that everything, just make it a little bit more something than than what it is. That seems to promise something to us, you know. It's just illusion, really. And and to really kind of, you know, take that to heart and, and, and allow that to change us is... Is totally worth it, you know, because it brings us closer to truth, really. And it will have its repercussions, you know, in, in our practice. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit, it, it feels like a bit of a sacrifice, you know, but I think it's, it's worth it, you know, because it, it just like, it's part of tuning the, the instrument, you know, Ayanna Davoli spoke about that. You know, tuning the instrument to what's really happening. And, uh, you know, the Buddha, there's a, somewhere in the scriptures where the Buddha addresses his, his own little son, Rahula, you know, when he was maybe like seven, eight, nine years old, and he was a novice, also a novice monk. And he spoke to him about the importance of truthful speech. And and I think he used like the example of some water bowls. And then there he used one water bowl with a little bit of water in it. And he said, you know, that's so little spiritual progress 
is for one who is not afraid to say a lie. And then he took the bowl and it, um, tossed out the water and put the bowl upside down like this. And he said, and one who tells a deliberate lie turns his spiritual progress upside down and becomes incapable of progress. You know, somebody who knows that they are lying and is doing it anyway, you know. That's because, you know, if you lie to others, you also lie to yourself. And if you are lying to yourself, then you're not really in touch with what's happening. But then at the same time, you know, we also do know that the mind has a tendency to assemble things in a way, you know, according to what we you know, what our kind of wishful thinking is dictating. And, and that's also, of course, part of the practice that those, you know, those house of cards, as I spoke yesterday, at, at certain points of the path, they just kind of fall apart, you know, and then, and there's a sense of, whoa, you know, I, I believed this for 10 years or 20 years and was, you know, a, arranging my life accordingly and now it turns out it was all just like a dream those things do happen and that's a good thing you know even if it's it can be extremely painful and confusing you know and 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 one feels maybe really uprooted for some time you know, until that is integrated so that happens from time to time but at least you know as far as we can let us, you know, not take part in that process, but rather in dismantling it, you know, because there is anyway enough stuff, you know, which is just so much part of our conditioning and so deep, you know, which will take a very long time to, you know, lose its foothold onto our minds. But let us at least where we can, where we already do notice that we little bit exaggerating or things like that, let us at least uh, stop those. Because we can only, you know, start where we are and with where we are just right now. But let us at least do that, you know. Because there's enough stuff we don't even have an idea about what's, you know, kind of... Uh, keeping us in delusion. You know, and also the Buddha was saying, even in chest, you know, like exaggerations or like or white lies, even those, we should not um, engage in those either. Because there's always a way, you know, to express something and, and not deviate from the truth. And there might be very, very rarely, I don't have an example right now, I can't say always, always, you know, but I think if it's our intention and, you know, we are really kind of slowing down, maybe sometimes and really checking in with ourselves, what's the motivation underneath, I think then that's really very helpful. So that's the first part about... Um, refraining from saying what is untrue. That's the most, you know, the strongest one. And then the next one is, second aspect is refraining from tail-bearing slander and gossip. 
which tends to cause disharmony, you know, and amongst friends, amongst groups of people. And uh, there's a quote here. The Buddha gave a very explicit advice in this regard. What she has heard here, she does not repeat there, so as to cause dissension there. And what she has heard there, she does not repeat here, so as cause dissension here. Thus she unites those who are divided, and those who are united she encourages. Concord gladdens her. She delights and rejoices in concord, and it is concord that she spreads by her words. I'm sure you know what this meant, you know. But then if you turn on any of the devices, you know, what you hear there is just like, not like, or very little of that. And very much of, of other stuff, you know. Because, you know, over the millennia, people have always liked this stuff, you know, because it makes you hear about you know, unskillful things other people do makes somehow makes some people feel good about themselves, you know. I think that has a lot to do with that. And just questioning that, you know. Is that really helpful? You know, those, uh, uh, I think, reality shows they are called, isn't it? Where people completely unpack everything about their Life. I mean, that's just like, and people like it, you know, they sit there and then they forget about their own hardships. It's really um, so, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Because it doesn't uplift, it doesn't motivate people to do better or to kind of try to work through their stuff. It just feels like, oh, you know, there's like, there's even, you know, situations which are much worse than mine, so just let me keep on wallowing in mine. Yeah. That's just what's happening, but we don't have to take part in it, really. We have a choice. And, you know, and to just notice that when we do, you know, the conversations are often about other people. And I think, you know, if we would cut that out, speak about other people, we'd notice maybe like two-thirds of our conversation themes are just like immediately gone. Yeah. It's just like amazing, isn't it? And how much of it is about just, you know, finding some avenues, you know, to, to, get, to kind of deal with our own pain, you know. Letting our own pain, just discharging it through the mouth, you know. And then how long does it last? Very short, you know. There's a feeling of relief and then because of the habit, you know, it just comes back. It's like an addiction, you know. You need the next hit and the next hit and the next hit, you know, has to be a little bit more than the previous one and then a little bit more and a little bit more and then it's not going to go in the right direction, you know. And do, this is just like how human beings are, social beings, you know, unenlightened beings. But to just, if you take the pain, so take the time to just stop and really feel that, 
you know, the underlying urge to just relieve yourself or relieve myself of of some tension by saying something, if you really kind of get in touch with that, it's easier, you know, to not do it sometimes. And then see how do you how do you feel afterwards, you know? Which which of the two is is more conducive, you know, for long term benefit in terms of you know reconditioning our minds and you know and setting the stage in our minds and hearts for for more peace you know and less turmoil and you know in a retreat like this where there is very little opportunity almost none to say anything you you do have to keep it you know within your own system and just see can you do it obviously you can you're all still here you know So, you know, to, to just check about, you know, the, the way how we're using speech in, in social situation, does it divide or does it bring people together? That's something to really look at, you know. And speech is a, is a mirror of our minds, we can say, you know. And then the next aspect is the emotional tone of what we are saying, refraining from harsh, angry and abusive speech. You know, like how the the state of our hearts, of our minds, flavors, you know, what we are saying. And and as you all know, you know, often the the flavor or the tone of what we are saying communicates much more, much stronger than the words. And so it's very important to be, you know, pay attention to the, where these words are coming from, you know, the, the, the mind state. That's also, you know, we haven't spoken about that, but, you know, in terms of the, of, of the basic meditation instructions, there's, at the moment, you know, we have been practicing mindfulness of, of the body, it's the first foundation of mindfulness. The second one is mindfulness of feelings. And the third one is mindfulness of mind states. Just simply another you know, flavor of the mind. Angry mind, spacious mind, lustful mind, restlessness. You know, the different flavors or weather systems, you know, which, which are cursing through the mind. And if we are not conscious of them, they easily, you know, get injected into everything what we are doing, into our body language, into our tone of voice. So that's really also important to kind of learn to pay attention to it, you know. Just what's the flavor right now? in the mind you know like when you go to the ice cream shop and you see all of the flavors same in your mind you can just see what's the overarching kind of uh weather right now you know and then if we are knowing it 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 will have much less you know kind of 
power to be translated into the speech. Because we can know that we are angry right now because like something has happened. And then if we are aware of that, then we can, we can speak without that coloring our speech. And, you know, in order to kind of understand it better, we just have to, you know, pay attention if we are on the receiving end, you know, if someone speaks to us with, with, with words like this, how, how does it kind of hit us, you know. It tends to close down communication, you know. And right speech is, is actually all about, you know, keeping communication open, you know, between ourselves and others, or between ourselves and, and the world at large, you know. Keep the communication open. Keep the flow, you know, open. And... And it doesn't mean, you know, that we're suppressing our feelings or anything. If we are angry, we're not suppressing it. But we bring that in in a skillful way into the communication if that's what's needed, you know. And uh, mindful listening is, is, is a very important part of that, you know. Mindful listening to our own where we are right now in that situation. And from that, you know, then we can also stay open and listen to where somebody else is coming from without kind of taking it all so personal and, and kind of, you know, be, become reactive. And just what I said, you know, it's always about what I also said yesterday, and I think we can't say it often enough, you know. If we can pay attention and can be with our own experience, it's much more likely that we have the capacity to be with what comes to us from outside, you know. And... Uh, you know, this mindful listening is, is just really very challenging quite often, you know. But I've just read in a book, but a really good example where, you know, is like parents, you know, when they deal with their little children and the child throws a tantrum and says, I hate you, mommy, or something like that, you know. Usually parents, they can just keep the heart open and just keep going, you know, because they know the with a child it's so much easier, you know, to not uh, go into profil proliferation. But if we can just keep that image, you know, that's, you know, if somebody is like caught up in an emotional state like that, it is some, somehow, you know, going back and becoming a little child. And maybe if we, if we reflect in that way, it might be a bit easier, you know, to, to keep an open heart and not take it so personal, you know. And uh, being able to kind of keep a measure of, of loving kindness so that we can you know, kind of be with our own reactivity without throwing it out, I think, which is very difficult, you know, because it's painful. And there's this kind of weird 
wiring going on that if we think if we can throw it out by saying something, we're gonna f it's gonna kind of be better, you know. It's just like a very short relief for a, a moment or so, and then afterwards there's a sense of regret and remorse, and and just the contraction comes back, you know. Yeah. And uh, the next aspect is to refrain from useless and vain talk or useless and frivolous talk, which is, you know, most often happening in social situations like some, maybe a party or a family gathering or, or something like that. And where there's just a lot of small talk happening and and somehow that's what people are doing in the world and... And it's not that we're going to change uh, the world uh, or anything like that, but it's more maybe, you know, we can be there, but do a bit less, you know, do a bit less of that. And and slowly, you know, find maybe some other ways how we can participate, you know. Because it's it's if that is done a lot, you know, we, we really kind of the function of speech gets gets so diluted and there's like a sense of loss of respect really can happening if you it's just like um everybody isn't really fully with it but somehow everybody thinks that they have to do it so if i think we can really make a good contribution by by finding different ways or by at least, you know, cutting it into in half or something like that. So so right speech is really a very important factor on, on the Noble Eightfold Path because we do speak a lot outside of retreats and it really helps us, you know, to do not strengthen unwholesome mind states by being careful and and to rather express positive mind states such as metta, the, the four Brahma Viharas we were speaking about, metta, karuna and mudita in particular. And most of all, you know, it aligns us with what is what is really true and and in this way, you know, it helps it helps us really to reconditioning ourselves and and getting to know our minds better but for that you know we need to be willing to slow down a little bit and and take to heart you know the advice the buddha has been giving to us and here's another quote about that which i want to share with you Practitioners, possessing five factors, speech is well-spoken, not badly spoken. It is blameless and beyond reproach, but wise. what five? It is spoken at the proper time. What is said is true. 
it is spoken gently, what is said is beneficial and it is spoken with a mind of loving kindness. So that's the five factors, you know, which are defining uh, right speech. Sp spoken at the proper time, what is said is true, it is spoken gently, what is said is beneficial and is spoken with a mind of loving kindness. So I know this is a quite a tall order. I do agree. And I'm certainly not able, you know, to, <laughs> to follow it all the time. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's this kind of the guiding star, you know. And then everything, you know, which deviates from it is, is, a, is an opportunity to get to know our minds. So it's not like that when we can't measure up to this, that then everything is like a waste of time. No, that can be used, you know, to get to know how our mind works and how, you know, and under which circumstances we, we kind of, you know... Um, air in which area particularly so that's you know then we we get to know ourselves and and maybe we can put some measurements in place to support ourselves to be a little bit more on track and that's all we can do you know to just consistently you know reflect on it and then over time, you know, we might just really get motivated more because of the, you know, if if you're re repeatedly, you know, making the same mistake, I think that there can come a time, you know, when you feel like enough is enough. And then you feel motivated to put in a, some more effort, you know. So spoken at a proper time, what is true, spoken gently, what is said is beneficial, and spoken with a mind of loving kindness. So, you know, you have still seven days where you don't speak very much, so you have a break. But then, after the retreat, when you come out and when you go back home, this is an especially challenging time, you know, meeting, going back into your life. And, and then when you, when you start speaking about the retreat, don't exaggerate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that, that's one which can come up quite easily, you know, because it's such a, for, for some people, it's such an absurd thing to do when you speak to them about where you're coming from. Then... I think we feel like we'd like to make it a little bit more absurd. <laughs> so don't, don't fall into that trap. Well, thank you. Do you want to say? Which dialogue? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and Anabody was just saying, you know, mentioning the inner dialogue because that also you know, how we speak to ourselves, most likely, you know, translate in how we speak to others as well. So, you know, you have a tendency to strong self-criticism, 
then probably that's this, we also do that with others, you know. Or, you know, if we don't have that capacity to to have like a gentle mode, you know, of being with ourselves, we also cannot do it with others. So it's it's so strongly related, you know. So over these days, you know, you maybe see more clearly how you are speaking to yourself. And, and then, you know, be aware that this is also having a great impact how you're relating to others. So when you, you know, working on this, it has a immediate effect, you know, on how you are relating to the world because it's all, it's all one big process of exchange. Okay, so now we have still about 20 minutes to sit. <laughs> 